Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We have a new friend with us today who has a really, really fascinating story, and she is a leadership expert, Antonia. Hawk is a world-renowned expert in customer and employee experience leadership and building experience-based brands. Her career is rooted in delivering customer-centric service models for companies of all sizes, implementing game-changing employee culture, love that, and innovating customer experiences, all with an emphasis on tangible results, lasting impact. She uses her high energy, bold and unapologetic style to help companies succeed through creating a relentless mindset of excellence and innovation in both business and as an accomplished athlete. Get this and freestyle mountain climber, Antonia champions, sustainable processes and results, always emphasizing an actionable and goal oriented approach. Welcome, Antonio. It's so good to have you with us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So I came across you, you were speaking at a conference and I, and I came across you there. And then I did a little bit of research and some of the things that I found out about you, I thought, I, I just have to talk to this lady. And one of this was from an interview that you did a while okay. back. And you said, I was driven towards chaos, turnarounds, new ideas and startups, a disruption, disruptor? Definitely a disruptor. So most people run from chaos, especially after the last couple of years. But that Mm -hmm. seems to be something that attracts you. And God knows we've had enough of it. So you must have been in your element the last couple of years. You know, I really, I, I, first and foremost, I would just say, I always wished to be, I think it's really important to have self-reflection, right? Know who you are. And for a really long time, I really wished to be that type of person that could take a beautiful, beautifully built something and grow it, be a custodian of it, uh, improve upon it, take someone else's work and leverage it. What I discovered is that I actually just like the burning buildings. So (laughs) if it's burning down or it's in the ditch or it needs to be widely fixed, That's just my happy place. And it actually took me a while to accept that because with that comes a lot of other things in your life, right? That has a ripple effect when that's your style. And it means, you know, sometimes you're on call at strange hours and like there's a lot of of, um, anxiety that can come with that kind of a model. There's a lot of high pressure that comes with that kind of model, loving to do those kinds of things. So upon self-reflection, after taking actually a few jobs where I just was sort of a custodian and I was miserable being a custodian, I went, I really just had to accept it and run with it. So now that's, that's really what I go towards. I love to solve problems and fix things that really have big challenges associated with them. Huh. So, so I was telling, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you have that 
that vision, can you, can you home in on, on a problem immediately? Can you kind of look at something right away and go, I think this might be where we're struggling? Or is that something that's more of a process for you? You know, uh, I, I always, I think everybody has like a certain kind of gift. And again, mm-hmm. it's just back to self-reflection, figuring out who you are. And I would say, I have a friend that does a really good job, can look at any leftovers and find the exact perfect Tupperware dish to put the exact <laughs> leftovers in, right? Like super spatial. That's awareness. an art. That is an, art. is an art, right? It's a special gift. And, <laughs> and I, to your point, I definitely can hone in on like, what are those quick levers that are really at the root of, of a challenge? And then what is that roadmap that we can put in place quickly to start to get some strong results? So that's, that's part of the reason I think I've always gravitated towards that, both professionally and also when I look at my personal hobbies, I like those really big challenges. I like the, the, that razor's edge around risk. And so it's, it's one of those things when you accept who you are, suddenly the world opens in front of you. Hmm. You know, it's funny. I was just telling somebody the other day that I had this realization, you know, talk about chaos and problems and you're, you're walking into the fire and, and most of us are, are running in the opposite direction, which was always me too. And I would, I would end up in this like mindset of, oh, I was on the right path and now this is happening and this is happening. This is driving me crazy. And all of a sudden in the past couple of months, I found myself saying, wait a minute, in chaos, in things going wrong, there's almost every single time something better comes out of it. And when I stopped pushing up against it and running in the opposite direction and thought, oh, I actually said in a speech recently, I said, I realized that when I'm at my most frustrated and most pissed off at a situation, my biggest innovations have come from that. But that's only recently in years. And I wonder what I would have accomplished years ago. I changed the lens I was looking at because now I'm like, oh, opportunity here where that seems to be just in your DNA. I, it, that is exactly the mindset that I bring to those circumstances, right? It's like, there is so much, I just see opportunity. Uh, when there is a, something that is, is in, a, in a state of struggle or frustration, that's an opportunity to rebuild, realign, think about how to do something differently. Think about, do you have the right resources? I just see that as like a massively creative, innovative space. And it's a, your point is a hundred percent on it's mindset. A lot of the time, how you, you can see a problem or you can see opportunity. It yeah. sounds really trite, but it's, it, that's just the lens. Well, and is the fact that most opportunity, generally speaking, is an unknown, mm-hmm. what causes people to look at it and go, no, and they think of it as chaos. Maybe they're projecting chaos where it might not even exist, but it's like they're going down the road really further than they should be. You know, Kristen and I talk in Brilliantly Resilient all the time about not being married to outcomes or people projecting negative outcomes on things that really could be opportunities. Uh, Yes. I mean, I think absolutely. And I, I really think there's such a fear of failure. And so, and people see chaos, frustration, and immediately all of the, I'll say more kind of negative emotions come along with it. Oh my gosh, if I take that on, the risks are so high and it's already got so many problems associated with it. 
you know, maybe I don't want to be associated with that. Maybe I will, maybe there will be failure that will come out the other side of it. And when you really let go of that, those outcomes or thinking about that mindset, it allows you to just let the creativity flow. And a lot of coming through those kinds of scenarios about being creative and thoughtful and not making fear-based decisions. Hmm. You know, I love that you climb mountains. I don't like to climb mountains, (laughs) but I love that you do. But here's the thing. I was telling Mary Fran about this the other day as we we're continually taking our, our keynote programs and our workshops and always looking for, even on the days where the, the ballroom is on their feet, cheering on the flight home, we're like, Ooh, there's this spot we can tweak this spot we can tweak. And I was, we were talking about it. I don't know why this has never occurred to me before. I am one of those people that likes, you know, I set the goal. And I like to head right for it. And I set a plan and a whole thing. I was in a mastermind group during COVID where we met every morning and it, someone in that group made this analogy that I, has changed my life. And they said, think about it when I was getting so frustrated over this goal I was trying to achieve. And I kept getting off course in my mind, I was, I was getting taken off course. And they said, Kristen, when you climb a mountain, you never have the opportunity to just <laughs> climb straight. You always have to sidestep or you have to go back to base camp and, and, you know, rest and then come back up to go higher. That simple analogy in my head of not being able to really ever find the holds going straight up. You have to go around things was life-changing for me. And I can imagine, I mean, I want to, I want to just talk about your, your mount. First of all, you decide one day I'm going to just climb mountains (laughs) because because it's there. How did you get into that? You know, it happened during COVID. It's relatively recent. Oh, wow. I, um, I decided during COVID that I would get outside more out of necessity. Right. And the first thing I did was set a goal. I used to run like way back in the day, decided I would take up running and loaded up the Nike app, entered one of their challenges, monthly challenges, started to run, then running, no, no offense to the runners out there, but it got a little boring in the city for me. So I was like, let's, I'll go hiking and I'll start trail running. And I started doing that. And then I was like, well, you know, this is like, you can see the obsessive addictive personality coming out here. And I was like, <laughs> I just need to do more than this. What's more than this outside, but more can I do? And it just escalated and escalated until um, I decided I would do Mount Whitney. And uh, yeah, I just decided within probably nine months of kicking that off that I'd just go for it. Wow. And, it, you know, one of the things you said it so perfectly, one of the things I love about it is that there's never, you're never guaranteed a summit, never. Like, right. And there's so many things that will come in and impact that, whether your own decision-making, your own preparation. Like, there's so many metaphors that are wrapped up in this sport for me that keep me centered and focused from a life perspective. That's part of what I love about it. Because I am very similar. I'm very, I've always been very goal-oriented and this teaches me constantly that I have to rethink what that goal feels like. Because some days that goal is not a summit. It can't be because the weather will interfere. Maybe I'll just have an off day. I won't be physically in a space I thought I was. Whatever it is, I'm always, there's always adversity along the path. And I love that because it helps me center my work as well. So do you find or do you feel that since COVID, people are 
more um, willing to be adaptable to that kind of a mentality? Or are they kind of digging back in and going, no, that was just a disaster and I am never doing that again and insisting on plans? Or do you find that people are more open to that evolution that is really inevitable in, in anything that we do? I hope, I, I hope one of the tr- one of the trends that's here to stay coming out of COVID is a lot of self-reflection, because I'd say I, I really see people falling into both those camps. And then you have to factor in burnout as well. Right. And where that fits in this whole model. And, and I'd say mount, mountaineering and rock climbing kind of came into that for me as well as an antidote. For me, adventure is a bit of an antidote to burnout when you start to when I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. I know I need to go on an adventure. Uh, and and kind of recharge my own battery. But I think there's those people that COVID opened it up for them and they're now more flexible, more open-minded because they had to do so much adapting. And on the other side of the coin, they're like, I'm tired of adapting. I just want to plan. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I think it's just back to how we opened up the conversation. It's really important to be in touch with who you are and which of those styles makes you happy and productive. Because there's no right answer. That's that's really important. And the way that you I'm, I'm looking at some of the other words that that I came across in describing you and what you do and this idea about um, building teams with people and and maybe having leadership be aware of those types of personalities and how you work with that, too. I would imagine that's something that's really come to the forefront because a lot of people are digging in and going, I'm not going back to the way it used to be. I can't. That just doesn't fit me anymore. So has leadership had to adapt to that, to those kinds of mentalities? I hope they have. I mean, that's my wish for everyone, right? Is that, you know, you coming out of something like we've all been through, you're really thinking about thought diversity and styles. And, you know, we're hearing all this talk right now about burnout and, and, and balance. And when you are allowed to bring your own thought patterns and your own styles and your own experiences to the work you do, and you have a leader that champions that in any room and hires for that and doesn't hire this kind of like groupthink mentality, we all have to be square pegs, square holes. And, you know, if, you, if I'm hiring for you know, an IT job, I have to see your long pedigree of these exact skills for this exact job. When you start to hire for the person and what they're capable of, I like to look forward, not back. So what are you capable of bringing to this team and this experience? Not just what have you done before? Hmm. When I love, I would love for leaders to start to get more into that mindset. I hope they have coming out of COVID. It builds the best teams. You make the best decisions, drive the best innovation. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading a thing. I think it was in Forbes. It was either Forbes or entrepreneur. I'll have to find it so I can quote it. Right. Uh, That talked about this new, this new, you know, coming out of COVID and all leaders have to completely do things differently. Like now it's, it's not walking past the person at the front desk. It's standing and have a conversation and understand who they are and, and what makes them tick and those kinds of things. This new culture was the word I was looking for. There's a new culture in the world and the, the, the companies that are going to advance and have the competitive edge are adopting this new leaders of them are adopting this new mindset of it's not just go, 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 and not ask any questions of even knowing who these people are. True. Absolutely true. You know, what's interesting though. I feel like what's old is like new again. 
if I were to go, we were to go back, like back to taking time to say hello to people, taking time. I mean, I don't want to sound super old school here, but like opening the door, like just not rushing through the day. Yeah. It feels like we're, we're, we're coming back that direction a little bit. It's time to be seen. It's time to acknowledge each other. And it's time to think about how do we get the best out of individuals and not just this, you know, kind of hardcore go, go, go style. And it's nice to see some of that coming back in. You know, one of the things that we talk about very much in Brilliantly Resilient is how everybody has their own brilliance and, and their own contribution, but also how we don't often know it because that's the part that's easy for us. So Mm -hmm. I think, and sometimes that's also the part that you don't necessarily show at work, but maybe you show it in your hobby as a collector of something or, or, or another. There are skills that we don't always have an opportunity to bring to work. So when you do get that opportunity to, to see more of the person, I think you're probably saying and recognizing that you can also find some skills that are valuable in the workplace as well. 100%. I think everybody has that. Whether you whether you knit, whether you collect tennis shoes, whatever it might be, it's like tapping into that there're going to be skills in there that make you they, they just they make you shine and you sparkle when you talk about them because they mean so much to you and it's like that's what you're trying to tap into in any role that you're that you have. That's that piece that we call the, the transferable skill set where you know, you, you have this, you have this hobby that might require you to be an outstanding researcher that you don't necessarily use in, in your day to day. And, and you said something and uh, one of the things I was reading about, you find your contribution, cultivate your brand and, and make it work. So mm-hmm. I, I think this idea of a brand, we, you know, we think about that in business, but personally, everybody has a brand. And I think when you look at your entire persona and that's what it takes, that's when you get the most complete picture of what your personal brand is. Uh, And you're spot on. Everybody has a brand. So you can either define it for yourself and you can actively cultivate your brand or someone else is going to define it for you and label you with it. So I really feel strongly that as a a person, it's really important to step back. And sometimes I've even said to people that that I spend time with or that I mentor, take some time out and ask some trusted inner circle. If they had to describe your brand in two or three words, what would they say about you? What would your brand be? And what can you, is it what you expected? Because sometimes like you can learn some important things. Like this will probably not be a surprise after our conversation, but I did this exercise and the word that kept coming back was like intense, intense, like a very intense, I have a very intense style. And it gave me pause because I, I, I understand where that's coming from, but I'm like, is that how I always want to show up? Is that the brand? Is that what I is that what I want to cultivate for myself? And is it is it showing up in a way where intense in a positive way, intense in like we're all going here together way? And so I really encourage people to think about it that in that way. Interesting. You know, I'm thinking about what we were talking about in terms of of you know things old and new again and and different skills. And I'm, I've watched, I don't know if you know my backstory, but two of my three kids are blind and my blind, all of my kids have had incredible success, 
But one of the things that I have, have watched as I now mentor all these families and businesses and people in the blindness field, what are the elements that have really been differentiators? And my oldest is going to turn 23 and he works at Disney corporation. I realized in reflecting on, we were just together on Sunday and on the flight home, I thought, you know, Michael had this very unique um, opportunity to, he has to communicate with everybody like way a, a little longer, a little deeper, his bosses, his professors, you know, people in his jobs. And that has given him quite an edge over other people. And I think about in terms of business, if a leader would really communicate what, how can you be successful? What are the things, you know, to just, and it, I mean, from the interview process to the first day to, to where Michael's at now in his current job, Sometimes it actually drives other people that are a little more competitive or, or jealous crazy because just because of the blindness, there's that little extra communication, but that creates a relationship that is a, is a foundation for success. And probably a big part of his brand, like the style of just like deeply connecting and communicating is probably something he's very, very well known for not just like, not just made him very successful, but known for that style. You're right. That is is something he is very known for. And it has, it has really given him such an edge over other people with being and being able to communicate Mm -hmm. um, what it is that he needs to be successful and be receptive to other people, you know, and (laughs) Oh my God. So patient with them. <laughs> those are, but those are like, that's a great, I mean, those are great qualities of anybody's brand. And I love, it's like, yes, we're having such a full circle conversation because I feel like these are the elements when you think about your own brand, if you can distill it down to like a handful of words, it's usually some of your biggest competitive advantages. And if it's not, if it's dissonant with how you feel you, you show up, it's time to think about it. Like, are you in the right role or are you, are you really using some of those skills, Mary Fran, you mentioned before about, you know, these things maybe outside of work you do. I just think personal branding is something people don't step back. We're running so hard every day. We don't think about it long enough and hard enough um, as we think about how we're going to show up. Mm-hmm. I think part of it too is, is this idea that it's in a box, you know, branding is a business thing. Branding is, you know, and and maybe maybe the language may be off-putting to people in some way, but the whole point is that um, th- this brand is is representative of you. And one of the things that I'm hearing in what you're talking about is that it's really not necessarily about quantitative skills. It's not whether you're you know a researcher or a mathematician or whatever. Yes, those skills are important. But what I'm hearing from you, in, especially in terms of where we said kind of going back to getting to know people, is a lot more of this is about relationship building and getting to know people for who they are as opposed to what they can do necessarily. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it's back to just from, from my view, thinking about those, those intangible qualities you bring forward. Kristen just nailed it, right? Like the, this ability to have this sort of next level communication skill and this depth of communication, that's like an intangible, very special quality. And I think we're really quick to label people. You just said it. I'm a mathematician. I'm an IT admin. I'm a, you know, I'm a retail specialist, but that's not your personal innate qualities that really make you shine. That's just 
like a label of who you are. So is that the starting point? Like, okay, I need a mathematician or whatever, but that's just the starting point for, for then who leadership should be looking for. Yes. And I think it's just those diverse, the diverse perspectives in the room, the different backgrounds, the different thought patterns, the different experiences, and then making it a safe space to bring that forward. All the best teams I've led, all the best teams I've been a part of have been really diverse, but that only works if the culture around them is embracing of that. Right. If you've got a bunch of people sitting around a table who all have really amazing things to contribute and the leader isn't well equipped to manage that, bring it forward and use it in a productive way, you, you'll you'll never you'll never realize how special it is and use it for as a force for good, great decisions, great outcomes for business. Mm-hmm. So leadership really matters. And I think in this this particular is we're seeing generational cohorts start to come up and we're, you know, we've got Gen Z, we'll soon have a Gen Alpha. You really, as a leader, you have to be a master at seeing these individuals and being able to relate cross-generationally to, to bringing out the best. It's a, it's a hard, uh, being, being called to lead is not an easy road uh, these days. I love the movie, um, the, the intern, and I'm just, I'm, um picturing these things this whole cross-generational thing it was it was Robert De Niro um with a bunch he, he was like this old guy who who worked years and years ago and his wife passed away and he's working now with Anne Hathaway in this business startup and he's kind of mentoring all these young people and he's completely clueless about the technology but the way those generations work together and he teaches them you know about about how to present themselves and all that kind of stuff and they work with him on the technology and the synergy and obviously it's a movie, but I think it's it's completely transferable into real life when you see the synergy that is possible when everybody's willing to go, okay, that's not my brilliance, but it's yours. Teach me. Yep. Here's my brilliance. I'll teach you. And people have to check their egos to make that work mm-hmm. because we are very quick to, yeah, I've been on so many teams and I've been, a, I've, I've, been uh, I've consulted with so many businesses where seniority is one of the major pivots for contribution. More senior you are, more years you have in the role. And that's not to say that that that's not important, but it can't be the only metric of whose voice gets heard and where the value sits. And the example you just gave is, is, is a great one. Like there's everybody has something to bring forward. Especially and, if you want to keep up. Yes. I mean, it's about keeping up. And you want to have fun. I mean, like, yeah, that's part of it too, for me, like you have got to be, we spend a lot of time working. If you want to have fun, it's way more fun to work in an environment where people get to bring forward their, you know, just because you're 22 years old or you're 58 years old, doesn't, doesn't mean we can't all have fun and acknowledge those things together. But often you have to check, you have to check some kind of standard markers in order to get to that place. Yeah. You know, years ago, I cut my daughter's 18 now and she's actually in her, her senior year of high school in her last soccer season. I was like, you guys better make the playoffs because this is the last, the end of the soccer road for me. Cause she's going basketball in college. I had to do a lot of therapy visits to get through that, but whatever. 
But I'm thinking about way back when, you know, when they first split out these travel teams and all of this, they, uh, you know, our town is very much, there was the A team and everybody knew who was on the A team and the B team and the C team. And it was so labeled that I watched these girls that were competitive and in love the sport. And then when they got placed on that C team and people kept saying the ABC, they were like crushing crushing, crushing. Well, I would have these goofy soccer camps in my backyard where we would do all the old backs, you know, backyard games, plus learn some soccer. And I got (laughs) to tell you, in terms of leadership, at the end of each day, we would play a game and I would mix all the A's, B's and C's and the A's talk about checking egos. I'm like, if you guys don't get over this, like you are going to learn, everyone has something to learn here. And I will never forget the day that this girl that was on the C team she could do this, this it's called shielding, this move of blocking people from the ball until she was set and ready to go that no one could beat her in this move. And these girls from the 18 came into my kitchen slamming stuff, so mad, how dare this girl be beating them, right? And I was like, you morons. <laughs> this is your opportunity to go to this kid and say, teach me how to do that. So I can get even better at what I'm doing. And when I tell you, it was like, uh, some of them were in tears, like watching them have to drop their ego of I am the best. And why don't I know how to do that to then ask her for help. And I got to tell you, this kid was so to this day, she's one of the classiest, nicest kids. She, they were like, could you maybe, um, coach Kristen says that you could probably show us how to, and she was like, absolutely. I'll show you. It's really simple. Taught them all how to do it like that. Phenomenal. And that's empowering. I mean, for, for everyone concerned. So um, I'm guessing in the business world, when you see people giving, getting an opportunity like that, that's got to add a whole new energy to that Mm -hmm. dynamic. Absolutely. I mean, I, and, and I, I love that story. It gives me goosebumps a little bit because I love the idea of sports as this sort of a, a great say breeding ground for leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, it, people talk about it all the time, but that's a great example of ha- things that you'll have to do down the road, checking your ego, being a lifelong learner, looking for that things you looking at other people as opportunities to learn because everyone has something to teach. Those are just skills that they, you know, they carry you through life. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, everywhere you go. And you know so what? I they all that. ended up on the same varsity soccer team in high school, all of them on the varsity team, you know? And like I said, she is still one of the classiest, nicest kids. She uh, ripped her ACL twice. So she hasn't even been able to play this year. She's at every game cheering everybody on talking to you see her talking on the sidelines about different things that they can do. Like just that there's the, the, you know, natural born leader that the sport almost crushed because of the framework of it. And then given just a few opportunities. And I think it's important for, for all people to realize, you know, everybody's got something to learn. (laughs) Even if you're at the tippy top, that young kid might be coming into your organization and yeah, they haven't been around to, to, know how the things work, but they might be coming in with some whole different point of view. Yeah. And you might miss something really great if you're not open to hearing about it. Yeah. Um, Before we wind this up, I want to ask how, because I keep coming back to through this conversation, that word disruptor in, in my mind, because all of this is about disrupting the status quo to some, to some degree or another. So how do you become an effective disruptor 
in your in your workplace and in your life? How do you do that? I think it's a constant mindset, right? It's a it's a disciplined mindset to never become complacent. I think those two things are really tied together. It's a you know, we're all here one time, like we're never getting this hour back together again. Like the three of us, this is the one time in like this hour is like just treating your life like that, where it's like you're con- you never become complacent about what you can bring forward, what you can learn, how you can grow. And I know that that probably is going to sound a little bit um, idealistic, maybe, but, you know, life is an incredible gift. And we, all of us are gifts and being able to just constantly challenge, that's what disruption really comes down to, is constantly challenging yourself to not become complacent about your own life, not to be complacent about your work, because it's really easy to get lulled into that over a long period of time. Looking for challenges, ways to challenge yourself, constantly coming at your life with that mindset. And I think people hear the word disruption sometimes and they think it has to be like, you know, seismic. And it doesn't. It's just never standing in the same place and constantly questioning and looking at things from different angles. And we can all do that. I think that's really great advice to hand out, especially since when we think of disruption within this this last couple of years that we've had, we think major, major disruption and we think (laughs) negative. But mm-hmm. disruption is also just another word for for change and mm-hmm. and maybe a different viewpoint. And all of that is essential to keep us growing and moving forward. It's exactly it's like how we kind of opened up this entire time together. And that's a lot of things come down to mindset. You can look at chaos and you can see problems. You can look at chaos and see a great opportunity to be creative and innovative. And you can think about disruption and go, oh my gosh, that's just going to rock my world. Or you can look at it and go, well, that's an opportunity to grow. It's like most things come down to mindset and the discipline to stay in the mindset and not let things derail you. Well, we could continue this conversation for hours and hours and hours because it's fascinating, as are you. Um, But unfortunately, we have to wind up. So tell everyone where they can find out more about you, get some more wisdom from Antonia Hawk. So uh, I'm on LinkedIn and I also have a website easy to find because it's my name.com and I'm on Instagram. If you love climbing and mountaineering, uh, running and, you know, all things mountains and, and, and uh, I live in Las Vegas. So some Las Vegas in there you can find me there too. Thank you so much for joining us, Antonia. This has been a wonderful conversation. Well, Um, it's a delight. You're both inspirational and have just done the most amazing thing. So anytime I get to spend time with two incredible women, I'm always in. And one in a Philly shirt and the other one who has no idea what's going on. So there you go. (laughs) There you have it. I don't know when this is airing, but at the time we are going to the World Series. So I am, <laughs> and, our, and our Eagles are undefeated. So I'm just riding it. He's a happy girl. That, that, <laughs> may, may that be like prophetic for when this, uh, when this, when this airs. When this airs. Right. I love it. <laughs> All good things. Hey, listen, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. And if you want to keep your mindset in the Brilliantly Resilient lens, go to brilliantlyresilient.net and sign up to receive our Brilliance Bit delivered right to you, a less than one minute read, because we ain't got no time for any more reading than that once a week. And we will keep you living Brilliantly Resilient. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, 
Rise and reveal your brilliance.